It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me on the show today is Larry Broughton. He's an award-winning entrepreneur, CEO, best-selling author, keynote speaker, mentor to other entrepreneurs. Larry, welcome to Accelerate. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's have some fun. Thanks, well, I Andy. Think, I think we will. I think we will. So yeah. take a minute introduce yourself, to introduce yourself. Tell us uh, what you're doing. Well, that's a good intro. That was a great start, by the way. So many people will think I'm kind of the schizophrenic guy, <laughs> and they might be a little bit right <laughs> on that. But I've got a lot of interest all over the board. Um, I Grew up in rural New York um, and um, traveled around a little bit uh, in my martial arts days before I went to the military. And I spent about nine years in the military, eight of which were in the Army Special Forces. Many know those guys as the Green Berets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, it was a great experience. And my first job out of uh, the military on active duty was as a night auditor in a small little rundown no-tell motel in San Francisco <laughs> in the Tenderloin. <laughs> do you remember the name? I do. Back then, it was called the Garden Inn. Um, and uh, after being there for about six months, an investment group came in to buy the thing and renovate it. And the plan was to turn it into a kind of a new concept back then uh, called a boutique hotel. Uh, now it's a very popular part of the industry, but back then nobody really knew what we were talking about. It's now called the Phoenix Hotel in San Francisco, and it's still there today. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of my entree into the uh, the hotel industry. And then just over the years, as people were saying, oh my gosh, you're, you're growing, you're doing great things, you seem really successful. And they're starting to ask me to start helping them launch businesses. And, you know, and so from that, came speaking engagements and TV appearances on Hotel Impossible and the Travel Channel and CNBC and CNN and MSNBC. And so what I really realized, Andy, was that I love entrepreneurship. To me, entrepreneurs are like modern day, I don't know, um, pioneers and explorers, uh, you know, because they have to look out past the horizon. And, um, and so I just love entrepreneurship. And then as I was coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs over the years, I really realized Really, what we've got is a leadership problem uh, in this country. We have a big leadership gap. And so now I spend a lot of time speaking about leadership and um, helping entrepreneurs and other people actually lead their organizations. So that's kind of what I do. And and, I'm absolutely blessed. You're being a little modest. I mean, you are CEO and owner of a hotel chain. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that too. That that too. Yeah. That's my, that's uh, the big thing. So tell us about that. What's what's your chain? So. Yeah, so it's called Broughton Hotels, and we really focus on independent and boutique hotels. And um, we've got, you know, close to uh, about 20 hotel projects, either that we're currently operating or that we've got in the pipeline at this point. And we've got a pretty hairy, audacious goal. And in fact, uh, Andy, you might be the, this might be the first time I actually say this publicly. I mean, everybody in our organization knows this. But we've got a pretty, our big, hairy, audacious goal is to have 80 hotels by the end of 2020. Wow. And so to do that, that requires a whole lot of things, right? It requires, you know, time and capital and, and talent. And so there are absolutely unique challenges that come along uh, with that. And so that's uh, very exciting. And um, 
um, you know, scary uh, at the yeah, same I was time. Say eighty hotels. <laughs> that that is that is big. Yeah, so, big. well, let's let's sort of segue. Use that as a way to sure. segue into the topic we want to talk about, which was, yeah, you're making the decision to go from from twenty to eighty. You know, it, we, you've written and you talk about this importance of being great, and mm, and you differentiate yeah. great from being happy, successful, or even talented. Yeah. So, yeah. so what is great? Because you know, for our audience, we've got entrepreneurs, we've got business owners, we've got C level people, we've got salespeople. I mean, listening, everybody wants to be great. So, what's what's it mean to be great? Yeah, yeah. So, words have meaning, right? Yeah. Um, and um, I use the term success a lot when I'm out, uh, when I'm doing some writing or I'm speaking, having short conversations. Because that's what people get you know, success. People want to be successful, but what the heck does that mean? You know? And, um, I, I was blessed that I was in uh, Scottsdale over this past weekend speaking to about 200 female military veteran entrepreneurs. And I just kind of went on a tangent while I was on stage and asked how many people want to be successful? And everybody starts cheering. They raised their hands. And what I said is here's the deal though. If you want to be successful, stop chasing success because it's meaningless. It's empty. It's hollow. If you really want to have a life of impact, um, if you really want to do great things, you've got to be a great person. And by that, I mean, you have to live a life of significance. Um, when you live a life of significance and you significantly impact your communities, your place of worship, your families, your team members, your investors, success is the byproduct of significance. And by that, I mean, are you living a life of meaning? You know, are you, do you have a why uh, in your life? Because entrepreneurship uh, is tough. Leadership is tough. Trying to drive revenue through a sales, uh, traditional sales program is tough. And if you don't have passion um, with it, if you don't know why you're doing that, then when the going gets tough, you're going to quit. You know, I know you talk a lot about sales, Andy, and you know, it's so funny that most salespeople give up after, you know, two or three attempted contacts with a potential salesperson or a potential client, right? Right. right, Prospect. And really we need to know, usually it's like 13 times before they'll even, you know, take your call, right? Right. This is why cold calling sucks, right? Um, (laughs) Yes, there are lots of people listening to the show that would attest to that, yeah. Yeah. So you've got to build relationships with people and people want to do business with those that they know, like, and trust. Well, we tend to like and trust people who are living a life of significance and serving more than those people who just take, right? Don't you bump into people all the time and you can tell this is just somebody who wants to take from me. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's, let's sorry, the, pro, the prototypical people. one these days is, you know, somebody contacts you on LinkedIn to connect with you on LinkedIn. And you just know by looking at this request that, yeah, if you say accept, you're going to get hit with an email oh within a day God. saying, hey, and can happens. you... You know, I've I've got I have a canned response <laughs> that I cut and paste now because it's almost daily, Andy, that I get those things through LinkedIn right. requests. Is that the first time they contact me, they're pitching me, um, and that is not the way to do sales. You've got to build a relationship with people. This is why I really try to get people not to. Uh, this is a dramatic statement. I tell people to stop going to networking events. Um, no, I do that to get people's attention, right? Yeah. Because people don't want to be networked. You want to build a relationship with people. I go back. People want to do business with those that they know, like, and trust. Well, you have to have a relationship with somebody first. Um, and most of these networking events that you go to, what happens? 
Um, you're approached by somebody, they're stuffing their business card in your hand. Um, they might give you a pitch, but their eyes are automatically scanning the rest of the room mm-hmm. to see, okay, who's my next victim? Right. Well, or they, you might be, they you may might have be a the quota in terms of, this. they may have a quota in terms of how many cards they're supposed to give out. That's how you know, right, some people go to meetings and define if I don't make 20 connections, not relationships, yeah. but 20 connections, yeah. it wasn't successful. Yeah. So, but if they were to take that next step, actually, and figure out how can I serve these people that I have cards from, um, then that's the right, that's the right step. But too often, you know, people will take these, take these uh, stacks of business cards and then do nothing with them except pitch them right out of the gate. So I guess my whole point here is that um, if you're going to live a Life is significance. If you want to do great things, you got to be a great person. Well, then you got to build relationships with people. Now, the thing is, though, that's scary. When you build relationships, it means there's going to be a little bit of vulnerability that goes along. Well, and with that's that. hard, right? And that's one of the things that that isn't taught oftentimes for people when they're out networking or making connections for sales relationships. Yeah. Is that vulnerability is really important for it human, humanizing yourself. <laughs> we are so afraid to be authentic and show our real self for some strange reason. But you, you used a word that I like to kind of push on a little bit um, for a good reason. And you said, yeah, it's hard. So when I was in the Army, one of the mantras was this, um, do the hard right over the easy wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, sometimes doing the right thing is hard. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable. And this is such a cliche. It's such a cliche, but I mean, it makes sense, right? That, you know, success is just outside your comfort zone and, you know, you can't coast. There's one way to coast and it's downhill. <laughs> you know, those, those are all kind of cliches, but there is real meaning behind those, you know? Well, give um, an example. Like when you go to an event, uh-huh. a networking event, how do you approach somebody that you don't know? Um, so I'm a painful introvert. Um, and you sound so like it. I, I, no, really, I am. <laughs> um, so what I do is I have to really get psyched up. If I'm going to approach somebody I don't know, what I try to do is I take a wing person mm-hmm. with me. That's a good, funny good thing strategy. Is, yeah, so what happens oftentimes, I'm, I'm oftentimes surprised at how many uh, introverts are in the sales force and are in the sales world. I am. Um, yeah, but I, I take a wing person. Oftentimes what I like to do is take somebody who knows other people, and then we can just play off of each other. Um, and so we generally, uh, you know, together we'll go, uh, approach someone that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And what I try to do is I don't ask, what do you do, you know, or what's your business? What I try to do is just get some small talk going, right. So to put me at ease and put them at ease. Um, because my, my thing is this, oftentimes when I go to these networking events and somebody approaches me and they ask, what do they, what do you do? Well, automatically what they're doing is they're going through this kind of uh, sifting, like, are you worth my time? Is really what a lot of these people are asking, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I guess they're qualifying you as opposed to building a relationship. Exactly. But um, oftentimes it might not necessarily be what I do, but it might be, who do I know that I can help you? Right. Right. Um, and so there is the degrees of separation. That is one of, I mean, LinkedIn, I like LinkedIn a lot. And I think you know, I've heard people on your show talk about LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, so that is one of the things uh, that I like about LinkedIn is that, you know, just because I have a, a contact with one person, there might be somebody that's two or three degrees away um, who I need to get to. Well, that's the same thing when you meet somebody live in person. Just because I can't, you're not, you might not get a sale for me today doesn't mean that I might not be able to add value to your organization and, and vice versa. 
So um, my thing is this. Your, your question was, what do you do with somebody I don't that I don't know in an event? I just try to build that know, like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. How about smiling? How about that? Huge, <laughs> right? I mean, there's been a bunch of research recently talking about just the power of a smile to yeah. be able to start a relationship with somebody. Absolutely. And I am amazed at going to these networking events. And now I make, it's almost a sport for me. I stand back and watch people who are trying to build relationships. And they got this very serious, dour, pessimistic look on their face, trying to grab business cards. And like, and you can just see how painful it is uh, for them. So I smile, try to make some small talk and just build the no like, and trust factor. You know? So, so we um, talked about life is significance. I mean, yeah. It's. I think the thing that that is a lesson for sales professionals in particular. I think entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. by and large, begin to understand this. But this idea of the life of significance is something that transcends personal and business. Oh, of course. Well, here's the thing. You know, years ago, um, I used to live my life in these little compartments. You know, I had my professional life. I had my personal life. I had my private life. I had my, you know, all these different mm-hmm. lives, right? And um and that was hard to keep all those balls in the air. And um, what that is, you know, that's a lack of integrity. When you live a life of integrity, then everything is integral. You know, you, you blend all these things. And so the person you see sitting here at my desk in my office right now is the same person, you know, my friend saw last night when we were out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same person that my kids see. Um, and so you, you've got to live, you know, a little more, uh, authentically, uh, I guess I've got to be more real. So, um, that well, I think was for, for trans- people, I think for that point, it's really critical for people in sales or people that deal with customers a lot is oftentimes they sort of picture themselves as being on stage, right. Mm-hmm. When they're dealing with, with customers and you know, being on stage is by definition is playing a part mm-hmm. and yeah, the customer sees right through that. Yeah, and I think you can play a part or feel like you're on stage. I mean, I need to sometimes talk myself up as if I am going on stage, but I can still be real. I can still be authentic if I'm on stage. And there is a little bit of a, a performance. When I was in martial arts, one of the phrases that my twin brother and I, who, who is a martial arts rock star stud, um, is excess within control. And what we talked about is getting that internal energy or that vibe up, but pulling it back just enough Um that, um, you know, you're not like spinning around like a whirling dervish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so excess within control. And so to me, when I have to quote unquote, get on stage, that's what I do because people pick up on this energy, you know, there is this kind of electricity vibrational thing that happens. I don't want to get too West coast, California for your <laughs> international audience. Here. Hey, well, you are in Southern California. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, but think about it when you meet someone at one of these networking events, or if you've got a team member or someone on, you know, um, I don't know, just somebody in your organization who has a really low energy or low vibe, it's not very attractive. Right. And so if you smile, um, and, uh, you've got kind of this high energy, then it's a little bit more attractive. Now this life of significance thing is we really do have to realize, um, that we aren't just here to make a sale. Um, I've, I just really believe that it does transform just our professional and our personal life. If we just do good in the world, somehow the world rewards us mm-hmm. uh, for, for, the, for, for that. Um, but this, uh, you know, back in the eighties, there was that movie wall street, right. And Gordon sure. Gecko, uh, what was the, the famous quote was greed is good. And he was kind of cheered, cheered on back then in the eighties, if you remember. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. I remember. Um, yeah. 
And but what what do we realize now that that's not really the way the world works best? The, you know, this whole competitive, and this is one of the things about these networking events that drives me crazy too. Um, this whole uh, competitive approach to success is empty and hollow. Though I win by you losing, I got more accounts, and so thereby I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. It's really collaborative success. This is where I'm, I'm, you know, how can we actually help each other? I win by you winning. And this is what I was saying, you know, when I go to these networking events, and if somebody goes through their little qualification process and I don't fit that, then I, I have no value to them. Well, I know a whole lot of people, and I'll bet you if we built a relationship, I can help you out. Um, so when we stop looking at everybody as a potential prospect, but more like a human, um, I think it's a, it's a great mental shift, and it helps whether you're serving uh, in a soup kitchen or being a tutor um, for you know some after school program and a you know, inner city or whether you're uh, leading a sales team of, you know, 50 people doing great things. Well, um, I think it's, it's, I think it's complicated for people these days when we talk about this, the serving and you just, you know, put this great paradigm about people believing that, you know, they only win if you lose or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at our, you know, our political environment these days. I mean, it's very mm-hmm. distinctly, we're so polarized. It very yes. much is, <laughs> you know, I win, you lose. Right, yeah. and there's the none yeah. of this. Well, how do we work together to make this country better? Right, we're yeah. just, we're just, yeah. and I think that seeps into, or the danger is that it seeps into sort of everything. Right, it seeps into yeah. the culture. It it absolutely does, and um, but when we accept that, just because one person we think is right, that I've got to be wrong or they're wrong because I'm right. Um, I, know, I guess I I just believe that. Uh, Things are going to work out <laughs> mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the world. Um, and what I can control is my own positive frame of reference, my own right. positive energy. Um, I don't recall, you know, I'm no spring chicken. You know, I'm in my mid 50s. You know, this is not the first election that we've gone through. Um, but I do know I do know this. Um, what I can control is the way I respond yep. uh, to stimuli. And I don't recall a time when every business uh, relationship. Every meeting starts with somebody talking about politics and how fired up they are, how scared they are, how pissed off they are. Um, and like, wh- why, <laughs> why, well, I agree. Well, I agree. Okay. let's just, let's just approach the world from a positive state. And I can promise you this, that when, um, our, our sales teams are going out, um, with positive energy, that's much more attractive than going out with, with negative ener- energy. And it starts with a you smile, know? as you said. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, I want to talk a little bit about you had talked about 12 keys to greatness and I thought it'd be interesting to run through some of that. So, and we've talked about some of it here today, but already, but one, which is to me, is just so critical because what we see in sales too often these days is people sort of being too overly scripted and whether it's because of insecurity or there's new and they're learning or whatever. But you said number key number one is you have to become more self-aware. And I think yeah. that's just so important to, you know, if you're dealing with another person, you know, if you're more self-aware, you can also be more aware of them. 
Exactly. So that's <laughs> that's the key. In the military, we talk about LSA, low situational awareness. Um, and that means kind of like recognizing what's going on around you instead of just being so self-absorbed about, you know, uh, your little situation. Um, it goes back to serving other people, mm-hmm. um, and just being authentic in, in, in real and checking in with your teammates and your, and your, your tribe, uh, from time to time. Uh, so we really do have to be, uh, self-aware, you know, it's a little bit of staring at your navel from time to time. Um, and, uh, you know, looking inward, and one of the things that I do uh, each day is I start each day with a morning routine to get me centered mm-hmm. uh, and just check in how am I feeling today, what's going on, and you know, and start thinking about the positive impact I'm going to make in the world and on my team. Um, but if we're not self-aware and really recognize what are, what are our strengths and what are our weaknesses and working on our strengths and then building our sales team and our teams around us to augment those weaknesses, um, then... Um, you know, you make a bigger impact when we're when we're we're self-aware. And so, do you take a moment at the beginning of the day, a little quiet time, a little meditation, affirmation time? Yeah, yeah. So, what I tell people now is, I start my morning routine the night before, <laughs> okay. because I, I, right. I started doing a lot of uh, reading on sleep and brain activity mm-hmm. uh, over over the years, and um, have recognized that the way we go to sleep is the way we tend to wake up. So if I'm putting negative news stuff and war movies in my head before I go to bed, well, that's what my brain is processing and that's the way I wake up. And so before I go to bed at night, I do a little bit of a gratitude journal. If I'm not actually writing down, then I'm just listing in my brain or in my mind, all those things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, that kind of calms me down. Um, And then in the morning when I get up, before I check email, before I check voicemail, before I get on social media, um, I make my little uh, green smoothie drink, have a pour a cup of coffee and sit down and take seven minutes. I just start with seven minutes of um, uh, affirmations, readings, meditations. Um, and sometimes it turns into 15 minutes and sometimes it's 20 minutes, but I can do it in seven minutes. Um, and really, truly, I'd say I talk myself into this is going to be an awesome day and here's what my goals are for the day. And oftentimes it's not, hey, I'm going to make this many calls today. Mm-hmm. Usually it's not, hey, I'm going to you know close this deal today. It's, hey, I'm going to serve this many people today. I'm going to make a positive impact on if I see somebody at Starbucks, I'm going to open the door for them. If I see somebody at the grocery store, I'm going to carry their groceries for them. Yeah, I get very intentional. I think that uh, for years I was just like a leaf on the wind a whole lot of activity and I was floating around. But when I actually start living a life of intentionality, um, that actually translated and actually spilled over into the number of calls I was going to be, ma- be making right. that day, the number of new leads I was going to be making right. uh, that day. Interesting. So yeah. sort of along with that, then one of the key points you said is learning to love yourself. That is a hard one for so many people because we carry on, or I do, and I know because I do, I and I get a chance to speak to thousands of people each year on this topic, we still carry around a lot of negative vibes that our second grade school teacher didn't like our report or, <laughs> you know, dad didn't give me enough uh, positive affirmations uh, growing up. And so um, I've got a book out there called Flashpoints for Achievers. And one of the flashpoints in there, it's a kind of daily affirmations, is that um, if we let other people talk to us the way we often talk to ourselves, we'd slap them. Mm, right. That's a great. Point. Um, and we can't do that. We really do have to love ourselves because, you know, I believe that we were 
you know, all there was some massive creator out there that created this whole universe and us, and that we all have unique giftings and that if we don't recognize what those gifts are, then it's, uh, and use those gifts, I think it's immoral. Um, and so when we recognize I don't need to be like anybody else out there, I just need to be the best version of me I can. And this is like kind of corny, but I'll tell you the first several years of, uh, entrepreneurship on my own, um, was very rough because I was trying to pretend I was trying to act. I was trying to speak like I was trying to write, like I was trying to dress like other entrepreneurs out there. Um, because I didn't really love my, myself. Um, I didn't, I couldn't see the real value that I brought. Right. And so it's a process and some people it takes therapy, some people it takes reading, some people it takes, you know, quiet meditation, others it takes a querying, you know, asking your closest people, hey, what, this is like really corny, but I had to do this. What is it that you like about me? What is it, what value do I bring to this business? And um, uh, when you start recognizing that, um, then you start saying, wow, I actually make an impact in the world. Let me, I just want to spend one, one more second sure. on this, if you don't mind. No problem. Um, if you go, if you come to my office, Andy, and you, there's a wall here with shelves on it that have a bunch of different awards, um, copies of articles, um, trophies, and that kind of thing that we've won or been that we've received for entrepreneurship and, and leadership. In my old office, I didn't have that stuff out because I was like, well, it looks too much like a I love Larry wall. Um, and you know what, when we moved here to this office, I said, yeah, but I do love Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes when I'm here at, uh, early in the morning before anyone else gets here, or if I'm the last one out at night and it's feeling really hard, um, sometimes I just need to go to that wall and look at it and say, you know what, at one point in my career, somebody mo saw a moment of brilliance. Mm -hmm. I need to remind myself of that sometimes, you know, yeah, nothing uh, wrong with that at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think that we need to do that. Sometimes it's called a talisman. Sometimes there's something that if, you, I can just, if I can just touch it, then there's power uh, that comes from that. But we've been programmed, oh, you shouldn't be so, no, you can, you, can, you can love yourself without being a jerk or without being braggadocious, without right. being pompous, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and what, so it takes a little bit of humility. Right. Well, sort of parallel to what we were just talking about is, is one that I think is, is key that's really hard for people. And you sort of addressed a little bit as, but you know, if you want to become great, you got to let go of jealousy and mm. anger. I mean, the, the jealousy, you know, you said you're before, you know, you're trying to sort of pattern yourself out of other people as opposed to being yourself yeah. and see this all the time in sales. You know, people, it's okay to model some of what you do after someone else, but you're not that person, right? You need to have your own, your own thing and you can't be jealous yeah. of what they achieve. And you see this all the time as people so focused on what other people have achieved rather than, you know, yeah. doing what they have yeah. control over to succeed themselves. Yeah. And it's the hard thing. And it was very hard for me to be honest with you. Um, uh, jealousy is, uh, one of the deadlies, you know, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it has to do with comparison and a lot more of it has to do with fear that if they're winning, that means that there's not enough out there for me. And I can just promise you, this is not how the universe works. Mm -hmm. It is not, the universe is not about a zero sum gain. There's enough opportunity, success, wealth, recognition for all of us. 
Um, and so, um, I had to start doing really daily affirmations and there's, I can tell you, I'm, I'm not going to say it here on the air, but there was one person that I was very jealous of, uh, in the business world for a long time. And it got to the point where I, every morning I just had to bless this person. <laughs> I hope that they do great things today, man. Uh-huh. I hope they get new accounts today. Um, and it felt very fake in the beginning because it was very fake in the beginning. Um, but I had to just keep doing it and talk, you know, uh, cause our mind responds to positive things. It doesn't respond to negative negativity, except in a negative way. Um, and so I've gotten to a point where I just start blessing people that I don't necessarily like or enjoy. And I was having a conversation over the weekend with somebody about, you know, it comes to politics too. Why don't we just bless them and hope that they have a really successful term? <laughs> well, yeah, because if, if they have a successful term we all do right? exactly well, and, and the same thing i think in sales if we bless our competition like good for you guess what and I, i've seen this over and over again that that those good vibes end up coming back to us because people see that people want to do business i'm going to say it again with people they know like and trust and if you're negative and you're jealous people pick up on that negativity and they don't want to do business with you and then and they're not going to refer clients to you but i want my competitors to be so darn busy that they can't handle all the business and because i've supported them they start sending business my way mm-hmm. how about absolutely. that <laughs> absolutely um, yeah. yeah i mean i've i've <laughs> I've had two thing, uh, two speaking opportunities in the last year that you know came to me from someone that you know nominally I'm a competitor with. Yes, yeah. But to your point, he was overly busy. He couldn't handle at that specific time our dual commitments, and yeah. you know <laughs> he he referred them to me. It's like fantastic and i'm like okay when can i do that again i'm just like anxious when can i when can i return the favor yes yes that's a great way to live life yeah it's a great way to live life yeah, yeah. all right so last one we'll jump into is and okay. this one is is really important because this comes up uh actually more and more and it's it's uh if you're familiar with robert cialdini who wrote the great book yeah. influence he's got a new book yeah. out called yeah. persuasion which uh, he was just on my show a couple weeks ago and and, you know, we talk about no like, and trust is important, mm-hmm. but what he found in the research and what the research is finding is that, that there's actually a no like, and trust, and then there's like again, because he's finding that people are more likely to want to do business with people they think like them. Yeah. So to your point is, you know, key to greatness is show people you care about them. Mm-hmm. You're actually opening them up to a relationship because they think, wow, this person likes me. Yeah. Yeah. Like is so underrated. <laughs> well, it's bilateral. It's not just you know them liking you. It's you liking them as well. Right, but you don't know that, and you don't. They don't know that they like you unless you're authentic. Right. So, our as you walk out the door of our offices here at our Broughton Company's headquarters in uh, Orange County, California, there is a sign that says, "Authentic people delivering creative solutions." Um. So what does that do for all of our team members each day when they walk by there? Well, it's a reminder. We're supposed to be authentic. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be the same as anybody else. Just be real. Focus on solutions, creative solutions um, that uh, might have worked one way one year. They might work differently this year. But let's just try to be really creative. But it comes down to authenticity. And um, we've all had experiences, right, where you've, you've, you've met somebody or you're, you know somebody, there's a business associate, and they're just fake. Mm, yeah. 
then they're a fraud. You don't want to spend any time with them. There was a great book I read years ago, um, frankly, after I was going through a divorce, um, called True Faced. I don't remember the author right now. True Faced? Um, True Faced. You know, okay. that's, a, that's a take on two-faced, right? Right. Oh, they're two-faced, which means that you know that they um, aren't living a life of integrity. Right. You know, they they have they have one personality or persona, and uh, one situation and something different elsewhere. Well, the whole premise of being true-faced is showing your true identity all the time, being authentic, uh, letting your guard down, being vulnerable once in a while. Um, now, obviously, you know, you, you've got to, there are certain situations, you know, you don't want to walk into a meeting that where someone you just met and spill, you know, your guts about, um, you know, your kids being in an alcoholic, you know, alcohol dependency program or those kind of things. Obviously, there are boundaries that you mm-hmm. need to maintain. Um, but the, the sooner we can be real, um, the sooner we can, uh, people will like us. And um, when people like us, we tend to like them. Yeah, well, and I think uh, well, one, I, I, one of the points you made. one of the great things about social media. I think that people helps us build relationships um, you know, with people because certainly people want to know the people they're doing business with nowadays. Right. Well, I was going to make a point about the authenticity because you know, I've seen this a fair amount in the last uh, 10, 15 years or because the whole thing about you know being authentic has become more to the, come more to the fore is that people take that as a license to – uh, sort of rid themselves of humility because they, uh-huh. they, they think they're being authentic. <laughs> and yeah. yes. you know, if they think they're smarter than everybody else, well, I'm being authentic myself. I'm going to tell you that I'm smarter than everybody else. And That's just being a jerk. That's just being a jerk, right? But <laughs> throughout all this, I think one, the key to greatness in my book is, is humility. Mm-hmm. Because there's always, you know, A, you have to be empathetic to people and their situation, yeah. but there's always people who are smarter, brighter, more creative, and so on that you're going to encounter. And yeah, humility is a great door opener. Well, humility is a great door opener, but it's also um, the lack of it is the Achilles heel for most leaders and, and uh, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. is that when, when people feel like they need to be the smartest person in the room and let everybody in the room know it, that's a problem. Right. Um, there are a lot of, and again, this is fear-based, you know, because they're afraid if I have people in my life who are bolder and brighter than I am, then, um, you know, I, they're not going to have the same value. They're not going to make the same contributions. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, in my organization here, I am proud that every executive on our team is bolder and brighter in their area of expertise than I am. And I'm a big believer that we should all have boards of advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, both personal and professional uh, advisors that we can uh, count on, um, who can support us, who can you know help us during the the bad times and serve us during the great times, um, and uh, all of I can tell you all of the members that are on my two different boards are all bolder and brighter um, than I am. But that takes humility. It really does. You got to be willing to say, hey, but but it does. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You've got to do a little bit of self reflection to know what worth. What value do I have? It doesn't mean that they're better than I am. It just means that in these certain areas, they're bolder and mm-hmm. and, and and they're they're brighter. So yeah, well, it's sort of summarized a lot of what we talked about. It's not a competition between you and everybody else. <laughs> so life is not a competition. You're right. We can be competitive. If, absolutely, I'm as competitive as the next guy. Me too. Um, but um, you're right. Life's not a competition. It's really a collaboration. Um, I think that we are meant for community. 
Um, and um, it doesn't need to be like warring tribes constantly. And sadly, I think that's where our political climate is right now. It's like warring tribes instead of trying to figure things out together. But the same thing is happening. But my fear is that this is going to start translating over into business because I felt like we were kind of heading in the right direction for a while there uh, with more businesses collaborating. Um, and this is where innovation comes from, from collaboration, not isolation. Right. right. Um, and, um, and I would encourage anybody who's in sales is to like reach out to your competitors, um, quote unquote competitors, reach out to people who are working in competitive, uh, uh companies and build relationships. You never, you never know where they're going to lead. Exactly. Well, good. Well, Larry, thank you so much for joining us. Tell, tell thank us today you. how people can find out more about you. Um, you know, the, probably the easiest way is to go to my personal website and it's larrybroughton.me. Okay. M E larrybroughton.me. Um, but you know, I'm on uh, all those different social media platforms on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle is uh, Larry Broughton. Um, but would love to hear from people. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great life and I just encourage people to keep a, a positive spirit and do something significant today. Excellent. Well, good. Well, again, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Andy. And friends, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Remember, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that, join my conversations every day with top business experts like my guest today, Larry Broughton, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.